Yeah, so my name's Hannah. I am from Norway, but was born in the U.S., so that's why I'm here, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm working uh, with the Sun Group at the uh, NSCL at uh, MSU. So uh, there we're studying beta decays and usually like the motivation is usually based on like nucleosynthesis which is like how elements are formed in the universe so I am working right now on finding out like what I want to do for my thesis because I will get the opportunity to write my own proposal so I'm looking at reactions that are important for the I process. So the I process is set, the, the I stands for intermediate because it's neutron capture that's not slow and not rapid, but it's intermediate. Nice Goldilocks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that experiment will be basically that we have this, um, radioactive beam that will beta decay into another like isotope and then that isotope will then we'll use that uh, decay from that one again to study like another nucleus like cross section which like it's a probability of like a reaction occurring okay very cool. So how did you like end up in this, you know, this specific like subfield? Like what led you to this, you know, group? Um, so the reason I ended up in this group is actually uh, if we rewind to three years ago, I was in South Africa for a summer school and also for my master thesis experiment. And then one of the professors that was speaking at that summer school, um, I really liked what they were talking about and like their research sounded really cool. And like the research group, like they, like the professor was very approachable, which is also very important because I want to work with someone that looks at you, looks at you as a human and not just like a subject they can order around because that happens. <laughs> So this this um, summer school was on uh, like astrophysical reactions. So like rea nuclear reactions that happen in like different um, different places in the universe. And like this researcher that I'm talking about is my advisor now, Artemis Ferro. So she was there then. So I kind of. I was planning on going to grad school and I didn't really know where and I applied to a couple in the US and then I was planning on applying to more in Europe but the the application process is like later mm. so I by the time it got like I already had like I already accepted my place at MSU before I like even thought about applying for more places in Europe so cuz I knew like the we have the National Lab, NSCL, uh, at MSU, and it's a really great place to study nuclear physics. Oh, okay. And it, you already had that connection with Artemis, too, the, it sounds right. So yeah. was that a big influencer? 
Yeah, I wasn't necessarily sure if I would be working with her though on uh, with my research because it kind of at MSU you get accepted to the program like you don't have to be accepted by a certain advisor, which can be both good and bad. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious about this this summer school experience that you had in in South Africa because like you went to school in Norway, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, can you explain a little bit about like what this this program was that you were a part of? Yeah, so um, um, my research uh, group in Norway, it's like the nuclear research uh, group. Um, they are, they have the, this like int part funding it's called and it's for um, collaboration with like other other international uh, like schools and stuff. So at the time they were collaborating with um, schools um, in South Africa and schools in Berkeley, like the in uh, UC Berkeley as well. Mm-hmm. Now it's also like extended to MSU and to like a school in Japan as well. So basically they paid for us to go there and then like hired local local uh, lecturers and also like flew in a couple of lectures like Artemis was one of them. And then a lot of the students from South Africa were they were they were from a lot of different universities, but they a lot of them had in common that they worked at this lab called Itemba Labs, which is like a big um, nuclear physics lab that's like close to Cape Town. So we were staying like an hour outside of Cape Town. So we got to know a lot of the local students there and um, the experiment like I and then after the summer school or like during the summer school I did an experiment which I came like I came a couple of weeks early before the summer school to like help set up that experiment. That, that's that's super cool. How did you enjoy your 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 time there? Just you know, even outside was, of the research. It was really fun. Um, um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm very pale. <laughs> uh, so I was a lot. I was mostly inside for all of this research. So people. When I came back and I was in South Africa for a month, they made fun of me that I came back like paler. <laughs> but I did, I was outside uh, as well. Like we had some excursions uh, with the summer school. We like went to the Cape of Good Hope. Um, we also climbed uh, the mountain that's in like Cape Town, Cape Town which the name is escaping me right now, but it's basically like a kilometer, like high, basically like mm. almost like straight up. It's very fun, but also it was like in November, which is summer there. So it was like mm. very warm. Yeah. When, so when was this in like your, your time wise, like in your like undergraduate, was it like early on or later on? So this wasn't, so I, uh, I did my undergrad, my bachelor's at the University of Oslo, but I also did a master's there because oh, okay. in Norway, in Europe, you have to do your master's before taking a PhD. So this was during mm. my first semester of my master's. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. very cool. And you did both of 
both your master's and undergrad at University of Oslo? Yes. Okay. Are you from around the Oslo area or are you yeah. traveling from elsewhere? No, I'm from like very close to the Oslo area. Oh, okay. You lived there your entire life or well, I guess you said you were born in the U.S.? Yeah, so I was born in North Carolina and uh, I'm almost starting to catch up with my family on the amount of years lived in the U.S. now um, because since I was born there, I was the one that I hadn't lived there for as long as the rest of them because mm-hmm. they moved to Sweden when I was like nine months old. And then we moved to Norway when I was like three. Oh, okay. Are your Okay, so... Um, are you like natively like Norwegian or is like, or are your, your parents or like why, why the switch to, to Sweden and then Norway? Well, my dad was doing business in Sweden oh, okay. uh, and he was working in the U S but they're both my parents and like my family is like both sides is Norwegian. Okay. Very cool. Just kind of looking more at your your undergraduate like experience, what led you was both your well your master's was is your undergrad also in physics? Yeah, so the program was like physics, astronomy, and meteorology, but like you kind of could choose which direction you wanted to go in. So I chose physics. Okay. There. Did you have like any dream of like being a physicist or why why did this pull you in in the first place? So it was, it started like my first year of high school because um, we have a lot of like mandatory classes the first year. And we had this like science class, which was like chemistry, biology, and physics. And I remember I was like so fascinated by the like the radioactive, learning about radioactivity and like radiation. And I was like, this is really cool. And I like asked my teacher, like, oh, yeah, what? subjects do I need to take next year to do this and she was like oh physics and I was like never mind (laughs) so I wasn't even planning on taking physics but I had chosen a few other subjects and I kind of switched last minute from some like social science classes instead to a physics class and I just really liked it and then I applied for my bachelor's in physics out of high school because in Norway you apply directly to the program you want to go to so Mm. we don't have like the gen ed stuff so and I I just really like the more I learned like I still like really loved um like nuclear physics I like found it like very interesting and like, even though when you come to your undergrad courses and like the introductory and they're like, okay, so everything we actually told you before was kind of a gross oversimplification <laughs> and that keeps happening. Like every step of the way yeah. you're like, it's actually not exactly how that works. It still was really nice. Even when they brought in like quantum mechanics and stuff, I still, still like it. So <laughs> from high school to here. <laughs> I had a professor tell me or something. I was like, the further you go along in school, we lie to you less and less each time. But <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> so how, so you mentioned like you had applied specifically to 
like the physics program in the first place. So I'm just kind of curious, like how is the culture of like, okay, let's say hypothetically you went to physics and you're like, you know what, this isn't for me. Like, is it, how simple is it to, to maneuver into like some other fields where you can't like locked in on this path? Well, so like the first year in undergrad, I actually had only one physics course out of like six. It was mostly like calculus, some vector calculus, some programming, some like differential equation stuff. And then it was like intro mechanics. So like at that point, it would have been easy to switch to like other branches of like science or like STEM Mm -hmm. classes if I wanted to, but I still really liked it. And since it like since education is free, I think less people are worried about choosing the wrong thing the first go around. Fair. <laughs> uh, and I know people that switch to like from med school to like physics or the other way around even. Mm-hmm. And like you can always like start over. Um, and since your bachelor is three years, a lot of people are like. You can get some classes accepted if it is similar. Mm. Um, On top of studying, were you doing research while you're taking classes all as like an undergrad? Uh, Not really. It's not a super, like, there's not that many, like, things that are available. It is a small country compared mm-hmm. to the US um, and like there it's uh, it's kind of hard to get um, like summer jobs and stuff before you are like finished with your bachelor's. About like roughly like the size of the program like were there many was it like a big physics class that you had or was it like a smaller just like there's a few of us? No they're like they accepted like I think like 110, 100 people each year. But then oh, like okay. as you go, people drop out mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Which is all, always a problem. And yeah. I think the year I started, they had like a record high like percentage of women, which I still, I was, I was glad the first day when I could see like other girls there but it it was still like we weren't even half of the cohort like it's I think we were like maybe I think it was either 25 or 40 percent I don't remember but okay yeah yeah um how 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 did that like impact you was like the was it a supportive environment at all or is it still like I would imagine that that's very difficult. So I'm just like curious, like, oh, did you feel like you were supported during this during this time? Yeah, I yeah, I felt very supported. I was part of like the physics um society um in my undergrad. And like I had a group of like girlfriends from the same year. We were like seven of us. So yeah, it's definitely, and obviously other friends, but like it's it's definitely, it was because of the size of the class, it was enough people 
to like find friends. Okay. That's good. Were you a part of like any, so you said you're a part of the like physics society. Were you a part of like any clubs or organizations outside of physics? Uh, yeah. So I was also part, uh, I did some ballet with like, we have some like sports, um, student sports things. So I did that for a couple of years, uh, both during undergrad and my master's. And then I was part of like, we have like a STEM student society, but like the stuff. So the physics student society is mostly like social stuff. It's not like holding conf. It's not like we hold a few talks, but it's more like parties and like mm-hmm. excursions and like um like movie nights. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. So in the in the like STEM society, I was like one of the things I did, I was like a bartender because we had this student bar in the basement mm-hmm. of like the, the natural science library. And then another job I did was like cook breakfast for like morning breakfast lex- lectures. <laughs> so, yeah. But okay. the dancing was really fun. And I, I did ballet and then I went into like hip hop later on. Okay. Had you had like a dancing background like as when you were younger? Yeah, so I did ballet up until like 10th grade from like third or fourth grade or something. So I was kind of, I got to the point where I was like, you know what would be fun? Dancing again. (laughs) And it was nice to have like something I could go do like once a week. Do you still do it now? I mean, like COVID throws everything off, but have you... I have not done it since moving to Michigan just because I was having trouble like like most of the clubs that was at MSU was kind of a bit too too much involvement needed like I don't want to like travel and like do shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that I just want to dance for the dancing sake yeah. but I know there's a ballet studio here but obviously because of COVID like that kind of didn't work out (laughs) Mm -hmm. is there like a well i imagine obviously there's like a social aspect to it but is it something that was like oh you just like go and do it by yourself and that would also be enjoyable or is it like the camaraderie with with others well it's um yeah it's very nice to meet other people but also i like the structure of like having an instructor that like Mm -hmm. helps you with that um like it is a, uh, like I'm not that good at ballet that I feel like I can like make up like 75 minutes of like me doing stuff. But I did go to some other dancing clubs, but nothing like regularly here. Like I went to like MSU salsa club a couple of times, and then like some like swing dancing right before the pandemic hit. Mm. <laughs> so I joined their mailing list, and then like right before spring break and then like everything shut down and I was like well (laughs) in a year or two maybe (laughs) so uh, this is you know like I am not coordinated or anything like I'm not I'm 
I'm like the the inflatable balloons in front of car dealerships. I just like blow in the wind. Um, but so if you have like ballet, like obviously I would imagine the skill set is different than like if you're doing swing dancing or something. But uh, do a lot of those are there a lot of skills that kind of carry over that like you could pick up other forms or styles of dancing easily? I guess for me, like the most important is like enthusiasm and like faking it till you make it. Okay. But your for your dancing descriptions sound like something that would be <laughs> well suited for like modern dancing because that's a very like a floaty kind of thing where you're yeah. But okay. I feel like a, a ballet helped a little bit with my balance, which sounds bad because a lot of people consider me very clumsy but imagine how bad it would be without the ballet <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean from the little that i know about ballet it seems like balance is very important like i always think of like they like oh you're standing on the tip of your toes just always <laughs> but that's probably yeah. like not true but well if you're good enough i never got to that point because like when i quit uh when i was still like before high school um I was at like the step before that because you kind of need to have like super strong ankles and like mm -hmm. stuff and they don't let you do it unless they're sure you're equipped well enough and like when I was just yeah so when I was dancing in college it wasn't I wasn't even close to that skill level that I would need so then you have these like soft shoes so you stand on your toes and not like on your like toes curled like mm -hmm. it's just like you're raising yourself on your toes yeah but not as much damage to the feet <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah it seems like it would be very very taxing on on the body yeah <laughs> so okay so okay so you got your your master's in norway and you came here to michigan you're in your second year um how how has that transition been? It's been okay. Um, this year, obviously, I think yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are having a rougher go at it, myself included. Like, I was originally planning on going home for summer a little bit. Mm -hmm. And obviously that uh, kind of didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some differences, like, the classes are are taught like differently um maybe a little less structured here than when I'm used to um mm. and well I didn't really have to teach um in my master's obviously because it's not uh like a paid position in Norway mm -hmm. um so that's also very different being a TA, but like, I think the transition went well because I had all of Bradley, like I did a semester of exchange for my master's as well, where I was in at UC Berkeley. So I don't think there's that much like culture shock mm -hmm. for me coming here. And I feel like I try to blend in. So most people don't know that I'm not from here unless I tell <laughs> them. Um, so I think it went fine. 
think the Have biggest. You... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> like the biggest culture shock, like from living in like Berkeley, is like the car dependence here in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that that's a lot of the U.S. Is there's a there's a big car dependence. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Berkeley, it's a little more pedestrian friendly. Yeah. So, oh, so could you, actually, multiple thoughts. I'll stick to one. <laughs> um, so kind of going back to like the transition, it's like, oh, you said you at least had plans. We all had a lot of plans for for this year that have since not gone well. Um, have you been able to like stay at least in contact with like family and other people in Norway to at least have some sort of, contact yeah i have been so though well my parents like they call me as well so they're like good at reminding me but like (laughs) the other people in my other family members i tried to call them because i they know that like if they call me it will most probably be during my working hours because of the six hour time difference um so I think the last few months I've been more diligent um, about reaching out. And like I talked to a friend earlier today for like an hour while I was knitting. And I tried to like call people a little bit more now. But I don't know if they appreciate it. I hope so, at least when I'm like just suddenly calling them without any warning. But I enjoy it at least. Um, but I think... It was kind of hard, uh, especially with like everything else going on with like subjects and everything moving online. Suddenly, I felt like I didn't have really like the energy to spare to like have to reach out to people before. But now that's like getting better. And it's easier when the ball is rolling as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everyone's kind of in the same boat, right? In that sense. So, yeah, so that's. So, you know, off another thing you said, what do you knit? Oh, right now I'm knitting some um, super secret gifts for my mm. uh, family for Christmas. I'm knitting some something for them. Okay. <laughs> um, but in the past, I have knitted some, I knit some gifts for my roommate for her birthday. So I knitted her a hat and a scarf. The scarf I didn't manage to finish before her birthday, mm-hmm. but I finished it in um, October. Her birthday is okay. September. <laughs> you can give her a little snippet of the scarf, be like, here's a taste of what's to come. Well, it was funny because I basically put the whole thing, like I had knitted the hat in secret, which is hard when you live together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started the scarf, but I just like classes got so much in the way so I was like a third of the way done so for her gift I put the scarf and the hat and I knit a little basket but like the scarf was like not finished but I put it in like the gift bag and I was like now I don't have to hide it anymore (laughs) very cool yeah that's that's super cool it's like I find knitting is like it's a nice stress reliever like you can just like it is settle and just like think about anything else (laughs) and I feel so much better about like watching tv if I'm knitting Mm -hmm. because I'm like I feel very 
like I feel like I'm relieving stress, but not mm-hmm. not just being a slob on the couch. <laughs> yes, I was I was talking to someone else and they they said the same thing. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you could at least say like I did something. I I contributed to a thing or a task, and I have completed yeah. a thing. <laughs> There's tangible evidence of me watching six hours TV or something. Yeah. Um, Okay. Can you talk a little bit about your Berkeley experience? What what did you do there? And was that another like summer, like summer project that you were there? No, that was um, a fall semester. Okay. So actually we got some stipend from the same project that paid for like those summer schools to go there because mm-hmm. we had to pay in-state tuition. And that's still expensive, especially mm-hmm. compared to free tuition yeah so, uh, <laughs> it's infinitely it more expensive yeah uh so I kind of I kind of recruited a friend she was also doing her master's together with me in nuclear physics and I persuaded her to come to Berkeley with me for that exchange semester so we lived together there and we both took an introduction to artificial intelligence class that was really fun where you basically learned how to program pac-man so now i can make a pac-man bot that's much better than i will ever be in pac-man and um then i also took like a particle physics phenomenology course and discovered that particle physics is not for me and we got to be part of like uh, the nuclear physics research group there with the Bernstein at the Lawrence Berkeley National Lab and just got to hang out with other nuclear physicists and engineers. It was really fun. And I like joined um, a dance group there, which is where I kind of started doing hip hop. So I was dancing like twice a week there. Oh, very cool. Did you do how do you enjoy living in in Berkeley? I really did. It was really nice. Um, the only thing I didn't really enjoy was um, obviously the forest fire season. Yeah, because uh, I I'm an asthmatic and it kind of hurt me to go outside there, even yeah. with the N95 mask. So. That was uh, not enjoyable, but of course, that's not really something like you can do anything with as a as a person, no. except for not holding gender reveal parties in the woods, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I mean, every year there's going to be a fire somewhere around there, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Um. So how have you enjoyed teaching or being a TA here? Um, well, truth be told, it was very rough the first semester. I felt like we were kind of just thrown into it without much instruction. It was kind of just a little bit not as structured as we wanted it to be. So it's just hard to like give students the information they needed it when they needed it. Mm-hmm. But it became more enjoyable the next semester because then I knew what was going to happen. And until we moved online, then it became very rough again. (laughs) But this semester is going good. Um, 
uh, it's very, I feel very bad for the students, um, especially the undergrads, because imagine like you don't, there's so much more pressure on them. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of them have like even more stuff they need to do than during a normal semester. And just a lot of and they forget stuff. So I'm trying to be like lenient and like try to give them makeup assignments and try to like reach out to see where I can help. But it's, I can tell that they're struggling. So. Yeah. I would imagine it's, it's really hard. Um, are you taking a, a lab section or lab sections? Yeah. I'm so. TAing like three lab sections, which means I have like almost 60 students total. How are the lab sections like handled in a virtual environment? So it's some of it is like filmed by the professor. So that means they have to do like data analysis based on what they see in the video. Sometimes it's kind of hard because the filming isn't always great. And then there's also some like online simulations like the Colorado Fat ones. The fat ones, yeah. Yeah. So, like, this week they're doing interference. So they have some data from the lab, but I, since they also can measure stuff in the simulation, I said if they were having trouble seeing stuff from the video, they could just, like, do it purely in the simulation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, one of the things I'm like, oh, that to me that seems like the hardest part of the transition of, like, you know, labs are a very hands-on thing and you, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, okay. something that is kind of funny then is a lot of them are like the first lab they did simulations for, they were like, there's no uncertainty. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was like, ah, maybe there's some uncertainty. <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that can be hard to, hard to get especially if it's in like a simulation or something where we only work in ideal situations yeah <laughs> and uncertainty is probably like one of the biggest things you should take away be like nothing's perfect and there's always error to something yeah especially but. now when they're not like reading off something they have to like measure it with like a protractor or something mm-hmm. like there's definitely going to be errors there like yeah I can't draw a straight line or yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. So kind of like wrapping up a little bit, um, do you have like any like suggestions or tips or pieces of wisdom for say like undergraduates thinking about going into grad school, what they should sort of think about or like how to kind of get through that process? I really, you have like slightly different experience than, maybe the typical person, but it's like, I'm so curious like what your thoughts are about the whole process. Well, so um, use your connections. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I was going here, like I didn't know Artemis that well, but my advisor works closely with her. So I got her to contact her first to like put me in contact so that I could like talk to her. And then I actually, 
I didn't know that the physics GRE was only offered twice a year. Um, so when I was applying to MSU, it had already been like held for that fall semester, like two months earlier. And I didn't even know because I was like, this is not a really yeah. a thing you can do that often nor either. So I actually, I managed to, like I had to contact MSU because they were still requiring it. And I was like, I didn't manage to take it. I could take it in the spring if you want, but they waived it. So it's like, sometimes it's good to like, if you have any eh, stuff you're wondering about, it could be good to contact the school. But, and I got like some, I got people to read it that have been in like my applications that have been in admissions uh, admission in other like universities to read my applications but it was kind of hard because I like I didn't really know that many that had applied to grad school in the U.S. Mm. because it's very different in Norway than it's more like a job application and not like a school application yeah <laughs> I, I agree it's a very very stressful sort of thing but i agree with your point of like using connections so like i had similar similar thoughts or experiences like okay well you know i didn't know like my grandparents but i knew people who did and it's like okay using like a lot of times it's like who do you know um i think that's very very important yeah don't be afraid to to ask people if you know, certain extenuating circumstances. Worst they can say is no, so may as well ask. Um, very cool. Well, thank you for coming on and and doing this. I really appreciate it. It was interesting mm-hmm. hearing all your stories Thanks and experiences. Thanks for having me. 